Library Podcast. I'm Hannah Vierkamp, Creative Experience Resource Specialist at St. Louis Public Library. And I'm Mary Meyer, Manager of Digital Services. Today on Your Library Podcast, we are excited to introduce you to a new podcast by a Creative Experience customer who attended Hannah's podcast workshop series last fall. We'll also meet Sunny, a library technician at Schlafly Library who talks about her experiences finding a home at the library as a Taiwanese immigrant and then becoming a staff member. But first, the library's youth services team just launched a new project that takes place in parks around St. Louis. I'm Joe Monahan. I'm the manager of youth services at St. Louis Public Library. And a new project that we just launched that I'm really excited about is our storybook blocks. So the idea of a storybook walk is a picture book that you can enjoy while you're out on a walk. So they are outdoors um, and we take picture books that our customers request or that we love and we spread them out across posts in a park or along a walking path. So instead of sitting down and reading a book, you walk from page to page and read it a page at a time while enjoying the great outdoors. We did a few um, last summer and in the fall especially because we couldn't do a lot of our normal story time programs. They're a way for us to reach some of our young customers and stay connected when we couldn't do our indoor programming. And we got really great feedback from the community. People loved them and wanted to see more of them. So um, we worked all winter on how we could make them even better in the spring. And we just launched two storybook walks. One of them is in Ruth Porter Mall Park, and we're doing that in partnership with Great Rivers Greenway, which is an awesome regional organization that does trails and walking paths throughout the region. And they have a trail going through that park. So along the trail, we worked with them to install posts, and we have our first story up there now. It's called Cannon's Crash Course um, by an awesome local author. And it also has an awesome local illustrator. Hello, St. Louis. My name is Montrese, and I want to welcome you to the St. Louis Public Library Storyboard Walk here in Ruth Porter Mall Park um, on the Greenway Chase. So this is a chance to take a walk or a bike ride along the trail and read a story while you do it. So every single month, the library will feature a brand new book. For the month of May, the book is, drumroll please, Cannon's Crash Course, written by me, Montrese and illustrated by Kababi Bayok. So welcome, let's begin our story walk. Cannon had a new orange bike, the smallest on the street. Bright reflectors, big red flag, and horn that honked, beep beep. He watched his older brothers ride, Mikhail, Fred, and Drew, but when it came to ride his, did not have a clue. Today will be the day, he said, I'll teach myself to ride. He strapped the helmet to his head and took his bike outside. He wobbled, then turned left, but forgot to use his brakes. He crashed into T. Baker and made him drop his cakes. He plowed over some daisies and nearly squashed a pup. But when he landed on his head, he shouted, I give up. T. Baker came to help him, pink frosting on his head. He picked him up and wiped him clean, and this is what he said. When things go wrong, as some things do, you must not have a fit. You think it over, try again, but most of all, don't quit. He knew the words he spoke were true. They quieted his fears. He picked up his bike, rehung the flag, and wiped away his tears. He didn't wiggle wobble. 
he giving it his all. His paths were straight, his turns were tight, he rode and did not fall. T. Baker clapped, jumped up and down, smiled at the type with pride. And Cannon's heart did not forget the day he learned to ride. The end. And that is out now, so people can go and enjoy it right now. Can you tell us a little bit about what they look like? Are these permanent? So in Ruth Porter Mall Park, it's a permanent fixture. Another really cool thing is we worked with Perennial, which is an awesome local nonprofit. And a lot of their mission is um, reuse of materials so that they don't go to the landfill. So they built wood posts. They actually like use window frames for some of them. And those are permanently installed in the ground of the park. So they are sunk into two feet of cement and hopefully they won't go anywhere. So that'll stay there in Ruth Porter Mall Park, and we will change out the story every single month. So our youth services staff at Cabinet Library, which is right down the road, has already selected all the titles they want to do and are going to have great stories, some of them featuring local authors that kind of reflect the changing seasons, too. We also have what we're calling our pop-up storybook walks. You know, there's a lot of demand in the community for these walks. We want to be able to serve multiple places, and obviously we have a limited ability to do the permanent walks. So the pop-up storybook walk is made on the kind of sign frames that a realtor would use to put like a for sale sign in a front yard. And we took those and we put backing and got some uh, plexiglass to make it waterproof. And we work with community partners to put a story on there. And then we can move it around the city and install it wherever we need to. So, um, Our first one is in Marquette Park, and we're working with Dutchtown South Community Corporation on that one. So they reached out to us and asked if they could do a storybook walk and didn't realize we were working on this program. So we're excited to work with them. And that one is a title called I Am Every Great Thing, which is another really great title. So you'll be able to enjoy that for May, but then we're going to pick it up at the end of May so that we can move it to future locations. So we're still working on the calendar, but we'll move it around the city so that kids all over the place can enjoy the storybook walk, or if you want to follow it so that you can enjoy different parts of the city when you go to read the storybook walk. Will the pop-up story, will that one change out regularly too? Yeah, so for the pop-up storybook walk, one of the cool things is we work with our partners about what they want to see and what their community wants to see. So this was actually a request from Dutchtown South. So our youth services staff always work in collaboration with them, or we might suggest some stories. We've got some parameters. It needs to be a certain physical size to fit in the frame, and it needs to be a certain length. But beyond that, we look to them to see what they want in the walk. Where can customers find out where the pop-up story walks will be? Customers can go to our website, slpl.org, and the specific page is slpl.org slash storybook as one word, dash walk. And that is a place that has all of our information about storybook walks, but we'll also be posting on our social media. So you'll see on Facebook and Instagram and others when we're putting in a new one. So if you follow the library that way, you will hear about our new walks. One thing I would add too is on our storybook walks, sometimes we have extra space. So we'll also use that as space to advertise great library programs or resources that are going on right now. So When you get to the end of the walk on Ruth Porter Mall Park, you'll see some information about our Thousand Books Before Kindergarten program, which is an awesome program for young people that we encourage everyone to sign up for. So it's a great way to be in touch with the community and and share about some of the awesome work we're doing. I'll also say I was really 
gratified, really appreciated when we were installing the walk um, in Ruth Porter Mall Park. We didn't even have the storybook up yet. It was just a bunch of wooden posts and several people on a Monday morning were walking the trail and were excited about it, asked us what we were doing and said they couldn't wait to come back with their families. So we've been super happy with the community response. We really see this as you know not just a learning opportunity, but a community development opportunity too, and a way to engage the community. So we hope that you know communities really feel proud to have them there and, and really make use of them. Thanks so much, Joe. Thank you. Thank you all. That was Joe Monahan, Manager of Youth Services. As you know, your library podcast is produced by Creative Experience, a digital makerspace with recording rooms at Central and Bar Libraries. Creative Experience offers a variety of workshops. And as Mary mentioned, I taught a series of workshops on podcast production last fall. Patsy Roach attended those workshops and went on to launch a podcast called Online Dating with Patsy based on her blog of the same name. Well, hello, I'm Patsy Roach, and I have a blog and a podcast called Online Dating with Patsy. It's about online romance scammers and my actual conversations and interactions with them. My tagline is super secretary during the day, passionate blogger, now podcaster by night. (laughs) How did you get started with that? In 2016, it was in the summer, I'm Catholic. I was at church on the back of the church bulletin said um, an ad for CatholicMatch.com. And I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. I, I'm going to look into it, you know. Now, nothing happened there. I'm too liberal for them. <laughs> so um, somebody had said, oh, you should go to Match.com. So I went to Match.com. And the very first guy that contacted me was one of these scammers. And I didn't know anything about it. I just thought, wow, this cute guy's contacting me, writing these sweet emails. And so I shared it with a girl at work and she's like, is he in the army? And I go, yeah, he's a scammer. So she went on to explain all this stuff to me. I went online that night, read about it online. But I mean, as he was sending these emails to me before I found out about scammers, I was just like, you know, dude, you don't even know me. And you're like laying all this sweet stuff on me. You know, Um, it was a little weird. But then I was on match. I went to our time. I went to plenty of fish. I would tell my hairdresser, hey, God, these stories are just too crazy. Maybe I should start a blog. And I've always wanted to do one. The movie Julie and Julia with uh, Amy Adams and Meryl Streep. I love that movie so much. That kind of was my inspiration. I just hadn't found anything that I could blog about. And then this came along. So I started it. My daughter designed my first web page. Not all conversations make it on the blog, but I have repeaters. I have pictures of guys that have been used several times, you know, and I'm just, I save them on, I collage them, uh, put them on a collage. And then when like one of them, you know, contacts me, I'll, oh, hi, how are you doing? And then I send them a collage and it's all these pictures I've collected from this one particular guy over the years. I also get fake celebrities. Right now I have two Chris Evans on the line that I'm talking to. Well, the first one's already proposed. And then I have, Jamie Dornan, who was in Fifty Shades of Grey, played Christian Grey. Well, he's already proposed as well. So, you know, I got a couple of weddings coming up. <laughs> I'm waiting for the, hey, send money to my charity because that's, I keep saying, oh, I do lots of charity work and I donate money. And I mean, I kind of, in a way, maybe bait them, but I'm telling them the things they want to hear. Does it take a while till they'll request money or is it usually pretty... Well, early on in the beginning. It varies. Some, I had one guy on the line, it was like a couple weeks. But a lot of times it's usually pretty quick. What do they ask you for? 
if it's guys pretending to be in the army, they don't want an iTunes gift card. So I have fake iTunes gift cards I found on the internet. So I sent them the $500 one and they're just like, ah. well, then later on, they'll come back. Hey, I couldn't get it to work. Where did you buy it? It says it's only good in Hong Kong. And then I come through with one of my scammer memes that I created, you know, saying uh, you got caught. I had some give me bank account numbers, like I'm going to wire them money. Of course, I don't. I put all my information together, send it to that particular bank and let them handle it. Um, Prince Harry wanted me to donate to his children's charity, you know. I mean, like I said, I know they're, they're not the guys, but I, I enjoy playing the game. And it's just good stories to share with people because I've gotten emails from women. Hey, I just saw your interview, like Channel 5 in St. Louis interviewed me last November. Or um, I found your blog and it's, oh my God. And, you know, I mean, I get I have people asking me questions and I'm flattered. Of course, I always say, hey, you know, contact the FBI as well because they are the real experts. But, you know, I tell anybody, hey, if you're going to start online dating, read my blog and then just be cautious and be careful. I have to say, I love the false name that you use. Suzanne Sugarbaker. I absolutely <laughs> love that TV show. And Delta Burke's character was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I re- In one of the episodes, you mentioned an app you downloaded to mm-hmm. kind of like trace back the picture. What was the name of that? It's called Reverse, R-E-V-E-R-S-E-E. It doesn't work all the time, but it's worked pretty much for me. You'll get a picture. And then you'll see this picture maybe four or five different times. And it'll it'll either say scammer or he'll have a different name in each picture. (laughs) So I screenshot that and then I send it to him. So tell us about the podcast. I have been wanting to do one. And my friend who gets the library emails, she forwarded this to me about their classes. And I missed the first podcast one, but you have it all on YouTube. So I was able to catch up, but I got into the rest of them. And I was still in the middle of the classes, I think, with you. And then PJ Randawa from Channel 5 interviewed me. And after it was over, you know, I told her, I said, yeah, I said, I really wanted to podcast about this. She was like, oh, you've got to. This is great stuff. And I'm like, well, I could do interviews and stuff. And I knew immediately I wanted to interview the two ladies that wrote the book. Welcome to episode two of Online Dating with Patsy, the podcast. So you came back. I am so glad because today's show is going to be so exciting. I have the authors of the book, Her King the Khan, How an Online Love Affair Led to Near Disaster. It's by Shelley Frost and Linda Young, and I recorded this last week, so let's just go right to it. Now, Shelley, you sent me an email. How did you find me? <laughs> you know, Patsy, I, it must have been like a Google search or something. But as soon as I saw what you write about and what you're passionate about, I knew I had to get in touch with you because you understand what we went through. And I thought, you know, you would really understand why we wrote this book. And lo and behold, you sure do. And then the special agent who contacted me a couple months ago, she contacted me because she found my blog and she wanted to understand how the video chatting went. Well, I had emailed her and I said, look, I'm getting ready to start a podcast. Would you be a guest on my show? Because you have too much great information. And she's, yeah, she just had to get approval from her boss and her boss's boss. And they gave it. It took a couple of weeks. And then we recorded it last week. 
And now I am so excited. I have with me Special Agent Marie Smith. She is from the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation. She works on the Financial Crime Investigation Unit. Welcome, Marie. Hi, Patsy. Thank you so much for having me. I am just so excited to have you here because you're the one that knows the stuff that goes on with these scammers. But first off, please talk about yourself. Tell us what you do, how long you've been doing it, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, sure. Um, So I've been with the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation since um, 2014. Prior to that, I was a forensic accountant for a regional CPA firm. So Personally, I've been investigating financial crimes for close to a decade, Um, and I like to speak to a lot of groups about preventing financial exploitation from scams or talk to older adults about power of attorney agreements and caregiver fraud, things like that. So I enjoy it. I just enjoy talking, obviously. I am so thrilled that I was able to get into your class. It's even better that it was free. (laughs) I don't think people know that. It's really fun to see somebody go through the class and then start a podcast and be able to share it. So it's great to get to have you as a guest and to see that come to fruition. It's super fun. Was there anything else that you wanted to add that we didn't ask you about? Well, I end every podcast with never send money to someone you don't know. Good advice. Thank you. Thank you, Patsy. Thank you. I appreciate it. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. It's because you guys. (laughs) because of the St. Louis Public Library. That was Patsy Roach. Her blog and podcast are Online Dating with Patsy, and we'll link to it in our blog for this episode. You can find all of the podcasting seminars and creative experiences, other virtual programs on our YouTube channel. Just search for Creative Experience, St. Louis Public Library, and we'll also link to our channel on our blog. Your Library podcast features St. Louis Public Library events, resources, and the people who make it special. Today, we would like to introduce you to Sunny Sickle. Sunny has worked for the library for nearly 20 years in several different capacities. My name is Sunny Sickle. I'm working in the library. From 2002 to the present, I actually start from a shelver and then went to work at the counter as a clerk. And now I'm, I have more opportunity as a technician. I originally from Taiwan. Um, so I'm an immigrant to, to the United States. When I first arrived, I was so missing my original knowledge and culture. So I came to United States in 2001. Um, there's a carpenter branch near my home. Uh, I'm so lucky in this library has a Chinese book and newspaper, and of course the book in other language. So in the library, I found my old familiarity and new learning tools and environment. So, and then I find out that if many new immigrants do not have an opportunity to go to school, they usually only have their own family member with the same language and cultural background. So gradually, uh, they, they will feel a lot of difficult and difficult to adapt. At that time, I find work in the library and might come into contact with people from all over the world. 
Um, when I was working in the library, I once met a woman from the Middle East uh, who lived in the United States for 30 years. She couldn't communicate with others. The library has uh, Arabic books. Her children uh, brought her to the library to borrow books. And I have come to recognize that uh, the function of the library and it is important to the community. Like many people, I used to think that the library only had books. But after I worked here for many years, the role of the library uh, has more than that. Uh, the library is like a living room of the community and a welcome to everyone. So um, the library is, for me, is very inclusiveness and sense of security are, are very attractive. And most importantly, I found myself slowly become a person who liked to learn. <laughs> and learning in the past was uh, not a joy. Uh, but I think this is also one of the great benefits of working in the library. Uh, it's to find an enthusiasm learning. Yeah. So, so the library is like a, a, the goal is, uh, is learning intention. So I have a, this idea because um, once I, I saw a person on Facebook introducing uh, the school he graduated from. He write about the St. Louis Public Library. And I find it is very interesting. Uh, later, I recognized that all his learning and self-study using library resource. Uh, this make me understand that the library is real important for, of some people. This is very hard for me to experience in Asia because in Asia, it is more uh, important to graduate from uh, some like a uh, very, very famous school. So, but this person was right, right down that he graduated from uh, SLPL. Uh, so I went back to, two years ago, I went back to uh, Asia and uh, I went to a library especially. And I found that there, uh, you know, the, the library in Asia did not seem to be, uh, have many people using the library. Asia is more focused only books, but United States, you know, it's not only books. People can come here to use computer or people can learn new technology. So I guess that was a, a little different. I was wondering if you might be able to talk a little bit about some of the programs that you have organized at the library, especially with other immigrants. Oh, okay, sure. In the past two years before the pandemic and uh, our Shrifery branch, we host a lot of uh, cultural crafts. And so I, I, in, in the past two years, I invited people from different countries. Uh, I find out that this is a good way for immigrants and like people who are live here, they, they have a chance to introduce their culture for our community. Um, also, uh, some people are very um, curious where I come from. For example, when I go to outreach, uh, I, I went to a different senior uh, or community center to do outreach. So a lot of time I find out that they are real interesting is where are me, interesting about my language and my culture. So because, um, because they live in, in senior center and uh, 
uh, they don't have a chance to meet other people from outside the country. So I find out that um, they are, um, are very welcome me. Yeah, uh, every, time, every time I visit them. So I, I start to ask them about, you know, uh, what they're interesting. So some of, one of them, uh, they asked me, uh, teach them about my language. So um, I, I did for uh, two months because after, after the pandemic, now we're not able to go. So we only got uh, like a, you know, a few months chance to go there, yeah. I remember a couple of years ago when Creative Experience was doing the virtual reality programs at the different branches. Yes. I remember when when you brought a group of senior Chinese speaking seniors yeah. and they came to the virtual reality program yeah. and they loved it. It was so fun. Because when I know our library has this program, I can't wait to bring them to see this because in their lifetime, they probably never image about the world's change like this. So for us, it's very difficult just tell them because I was thinking about if there's a way to that experience. So when our library has that chance, I said, oh, I got to bring them to here. So, so I did. And they were so uh, shocked, you know, like, uh, uh, yeah. So I think that for them, it's kind of shock experience. I mean, kind of start to believe, believe me that I tell them it's real. <laughs> the world's change, yeah. It was so fun to meet them and show them that. I mean, I think a lot of people that have never seen something like virtual reality get really like blown away by the first time they see it, but they, they all seem to really enjoy it. It was really fun. Yes, yes. Thank you for that experience. I think that they never forgot that, that experience in their life. For, for senior, you know, usually they live in a senior apartments. They, are, they have a different lifestyle because they, they have children, they only visit the, you know, a few times a month. So usually I find out that a lot of uh, seniors, especially on foreign country, they don't want to bother their children. So, so I don't think so if they will ask their children to bring them to experience this. So I was, as a library staff, I was so happy that, you know, I have a chance to um, bring them to the library to experience the new world technology, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for talking with us. It's nice to see you. Thank you, Sonny. Bye-bye. That was library technician, Sonny Sickle. The library continues to be open for limited hours. Find out more on our website and come visit us in Creative Experience. I'm Mary Meyer. And I'm Hannah of your camp. You can find your library podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and Spotify. Please follow us and leave us a review. We welcome your feedback and suggestions. You can contact us at podcast at slpl.org. Our theme song is by staff member Gary Moore. The additional music you heard was Shell Voices by Martine DeBoer. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.